Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. had the money what would you be collecting art wise wow uh probably obscure video art honestly yeah i know you would just have it like playing on loop above your couch uh yeah probably with like really nice like because you know how some artists will actually sell their films but it's like impossible to get like to get a steve mcqueen film like but his artwork not like you know his actual hollywood ones or like mm. you know francis elise or someone who just have copies but it's like yeah. unless you're at a gallery incredibly hard to see them honestly i feel like i would really like to have those and second would probably be like smaller sculptures oh okay yeah i mean that 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 makes sense yeah. <laughs> One of my uh art history professors in undergrad would talk about how like things that uh a lot of art history students mm-hmm. uh will write their uh PhD stuff on is stuff that is accessible to them to collect. Interesting. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like stuff that's not collectible to anyone else usually. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Huh. He he specifically I think researched uh, what he called French death medals, which were uh, souvenirs given out uh, at the executions of uh, like the French aristocracy during oh the revolution. Yeah. Wow! Which okay. has a cra- as a crazy name, French death medals. I thought he was saying French death metal. Yeah, I was like, is this a band? Like that's or a, is it a genre of music? Yeah, you don't think huh. of France as producing the death metal. That's more of no. a that's a that's a Scandinavian art form. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've been thinking about it. Like you know, as I've you know been decorating my new place, trying to think of what mm-hmm. if if I really had the money. I mean, there's obviously some painters I would uh, be getting the, the sure. work of. A lot of people I know like. I want to pay them fairly for their stuff. But also, you know, I, I collect memories. Mm. Uh, you know, I was recently at your birthday and yes, we, we saw uh, a beautiful Neil Breen film, but also a UFO. <laughs> it might have been yeah. Neil Breen himself. It may have been. I mean, it was such a crazy, <laughs> bizarre of events. I that before we explain it rather quickly too. This made me hyper aware that I underreact to like stressful situations sometimes <laughs> because I would like everybody to know that while Zen and a uh, frequent, you know, museum curator here, Allison, were panicking and also freaking out at the sky, being like, What is that? What is happening? Everybody look at this. And then Zan's trying to figure out what it is, and I'm just like, Okay, does anybody want any more food? I gotta figure this out. Oh, there's that thing in the sky. That's crazy. I'm going to see what's going on over here. And like, just 
did not it didn't face me i was like yeah that looks that's not normal like that's definitely not a shooting star or a comet that's got to be a ufo like the people in the last podcast on the left keep telling me about but uh mm-hmm. huh anyway you know, this person spilled wine i better go clean it up and then just did that for five minutes God. Yeah, it's it, it's interestingly on brand, I think. <laughs> I know, it kind of is. It was, it was just so funny because I, I, I caught myself doing that too. And I'm like, I'm not paying enough attention to this, am I? And probably should mm-hmm. be, you know, trying to figure out what it yeah. is. But uh, the other day I was waiting for, I uh, I ordered a sandwich at a at a place mm-hmm. like to go. And um, I heard this voice say, uh, your sandwich is ready, sir. And I go up and I grab it and they start laughing at me and I'm like, what's up? And they're like, oh, well, we had been shouting at you that your sandwich was ready. But then uh, that person just said very calmly uh, and quietly to you uh, that your sandwich was ready. And then you came and got it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that we're both we're both oblivious in different ways. Yes, it's fine, though, because it's Libra season now. So Mm, it doesn't matter. Yes, Um, it's all accepted. But yeah, that that was a pretty crazy. That was really wild, actually. Mm-hmm. And then going on Twitter to find out that it's mo. I think it was the literally the rocket that launched, like SpaceX yeah, or yeah. whatever. Musk's but, rockets. But ahead. it was it was like throwing us for a loop. Cause we're yeah. like, what the heck is that? Oh yeah, my God. you're reaching out to the scientific communities that you know. You know, yeah. the paleontology people trying to figure out what they know about it. It's yeah, crazy. My, it was... my one my one friend that was an astrophysics major that yeah. uh you know I, we haven't spoken in a very long time and I just had to send a picture. Yes. Like yo, yeah, I was literally like, yo, what's this? <laughs> it's the best way to reconnect with people, honestly. Yeah, and then I was like, I, I thought of the consequences of that later, and I was like, it's pretty crazy that this happened on my birthday when I have the biggest cross one of the biggest crossovers of my life in terms of friends meeting right. friends and Really that seals just the happens deal. to be visible while you were outside at night. Yeah. It, it really made me feel what, like, you know, people in the past may have seen crazy events like that occur, and you're just like, what is mm-hmm. that? And then mm-hmm. it's just, you know, some actually explainable thing, or maybe, maybe not. Right. I, this also makes me curious if there are people who would have seen potential things like that and gone like, it's really not in my business, and then just went inside, mm-hmm. you know? Well, so. I think people in the past had fewer rocket launches to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I guess it depends on what theories you, you're <laughs> listening to. But yes, you would be correct. Yeah, but I mean, natural <laughs> phenomenon in general, yeah. uh, the the it, witnessing an eclipse or yeah, a tsunami exactly. or uh, anything yeah. like that that's just so... Uh, that, that puts it in perspective, your, your insignificance on the face of the Earth. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of humanity's insignificance, uh, I see you've uh, curated a pretty interesting exhibition for us today here at the UCM. I have, yeah. This has been something we talked about doing for a little bit. We're finally going to talk about it. And that is uh, really starting to consider, and this will be through the type of paintings we go through, both from human and non-human sources, mm-hmm. Um what the role, I guess, how AI art fits into being exhibited in a museum, whether or not mm-hmm. we should be allowing it to be, you know, on display and viewed like one would see regular art in a gallery, or if it is in its own special camp, or if it belongs in the trash, quite literally. Uh, mm-hmm. This is something I think that's been taking the internet by storm with programs like Dolly 2 or Mid Journey that have really been 
I've just seen them everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. especially on TikTok for like a couple months, honestly. And now this all has sort of um, come to a really interesting, right? I guess it's more like a rising action, if you will, of people getting really, really mad about this. So right. do you, I guess moving in forward here before we go into more of a specific example and some of the artwork we have on display and uh, mm-hmm. What do you know about this, Zan? And also, how do you kind of feel about it, just off the bat immediately? Right. I mean, as someone who is borderline technologically illiterate, uh, <laughs> not, I, I'm not that bad. I don't know. I don't reply to spam emails. You know, right. Cut me right. Some you know how to make a PDF. It's not right. Right. Um I I know how to attach things to emails and stuff. I right. I know I know my lane and I know when I'm outside of it. This is something that I think is at least as far as my understanding of computer programming is pretty outside of what I know from from the basics mm-hmm. that I've been exposed to these programs it sounds like are looking at massive amounts of previously made work uh, and finding some mm-hmm. uh, way to composite them after being given uh, some kind of prompt, then producing something that is original but is an amalgamation of mm-hmm. visual tropes associated with its prompts, if if I yeah. understand correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not necessarily... If you told it to make you a landscape, it's not necessarily producing a landscape. The image might be unique, but it is made from the software learning what a landscape is based on uh, its uh, its catalog of mm-hmm. images. Um, now, I mean, as an artist, as someone that doesn't make digital art, as someone that, you know, is pretty just... Uh, an old fashioned painter in a lot of ways. I like a lot of things. I am confronting this and trying to be like, I'm trying to really interrogate my immediate dislike of it Hmm. as is this like my, my inner conservatism, like rearing its head or something like like some in some some internalized reactionary thing that i have subconsciously absorbed to to dislike something that seems contrary to what i think of as as visual art Uh uh because i also have i i I have complicated feelings about a lot of digital art as as it is i guess um yeah as as to whether uh, not necessarily as like it like saying it's not art, but like how, about how I feel about where it fits into the fine art world, I guess. Yeah, um, for sure. It's a it is a discussion to be had, honestly. Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated by it. And I also I think I like the fun of it. I hmm. think that's that's the thing that I've been most sort of uh, curious about, like. At my old job, my coworkers and I would play a bit with Neural Blender oh, uh, when we were bored. Have you? Are you familiar at all with this? I'm not actually. So Neural Blender is uh, it's a website. You can just pull it up on your on any browser. Oh, okay. uh, NeuralBlender.com, and it's sort of like these software uh, programs where you can give it a prompt and it will give you 
uh, a super distorted abstract version of something. You know, you could type in uh, Gary the Snail learns polka or something, <laughs> you know, and right. it will it will give you an image that is very weird in the way that your brain is almost trying to process why it looks like the words that you put in. Huh. And in reality, it's because it's taking, it's searching the internet for things that match those terms and making an, an amalgamation, but right. much more, uh, not, not even surreal because it doesn't look like anything. And yet it evokes a certain feeling in your brain. Interesting. Um, and I find, I find neural blender fun and interesting uh and it's also like you know you're sitting around with your co-workers bored and you're like yeah. see what happens if you what you put in next put in a hair clip uh tanning salon you know right or, right, right uh you know uh suspicious water bottle salesman <laughs> um <laughs> and and you'll get things that are kind of interesting, like your brain is trying to process the image that you're that you're seeing that was created by the AI. Um, with this stuff, it is definitely going more towards uh, something that you can actually recognize. Yeah. And um, even with all the fun I've had with uh, NeuroBlender, and I'm uh, interested in people having fun with this stuff. I think what I'm nervous about mm -hmm. is uh, waiting for someone to show up at Art Basel uh, or uh, a Biennale yep. or something uh, or, or any biennial with uh, some at some someone at a big art ex exhibition where there's a yeah. lot of money involved once this enters the fine art world, I think that's where I get a little nervous. I think I'm also a little, uh, you know, I yeah. not 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 to be like they took her jobs, but like, well, I also to... know there's a lot of illustrators yes. and people that do graphics for publications and websites I know they're also kind of irritated that this is a, an AI that can create basically stock images for free that belong yeah. to no one and that the said public a publication like a newspaper or a website could be like, um, we need a picture. We're writing a story on uh, on uh, housing development uh -huh. uh, or on crime. Uh, and we could get this image that uh, is made out of other people's work, but now we don't have to pay a graphic designer, an illustrator, yep. or a photographer. Now we've just got this free image of uh, yeah that that a robot made. Well, um, they they already started doing that. That happened with uh, the one of the Alex Jones spot illustrations they had for some like. Mm. article about alex jones and it was made by an ai and it had all the kind of like it, it had the qualities of current illustration but like worse like you could just it felt mm. hollow and it's this weird yeah. thing where like even you know having been an illustrator it's like photo you were competing with photography in the beginning then digital art came around and made illustration popular again right. and now it's ai yeah. is taking that away too 
So right. it I is. Guess, but but as as an oil painter, I have not felt threatened by people that can you know use Adobe and use right. a brush texture. I've never. I don't feel threatened right. by that because I understand that we're doing different things. Right. Um, but I uh, this this to me, I think, is a misrepresentation of maybe what it takes to make art and yes. maybe that there's not. I mean, all all art we we understand is cumulative. Like when we make something, we are drawing from so many different things. No matter what you do, if you do anything creative, you're drawing from the things that people have done before you. Um, and this is also doing that. Uh huh. And I am trying to articulate what is different here and if it is just that it is being done completely artificially without uh, a human you know putting pen to paper or pen to tablet or whatever sure uh but i kind of can't um i i i feel like i'm having real trouble mm, getting mm. past the 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 aspect that this further um alienates people from the process of making creative things and the, the and the hard work that people have to do to make those things. Can I put a an almost like a an anecdote to this to make sense sure. because sure. all right, so this is my fear of what's happening and what will occur as this okay. gets more and more popular. And I have some examples to to sort of go back and answer your questions about this entering the fine art world, but Right. This reminds me of when I was younger and starting art mm -hmm. of what I wanted my work to look like when I was looking at concept like concept art for games, movies, like TV shows and stuff mm -hmm. like that very swirly, you know, borderline abstract, but like, I guess just loose look to paintings with digital works, having that, you know, assemblage of different things coming through, not everything, yeah. not having to be clear um, and letting the computer do a lot of work for you. I yeah. was obsessed with that. It's what influenced me to go into art and wanting to mm -hmm. study painting for a bit. And you know, all of that, I wanted mm -hmm. to learn how to do it. And it was really, really hard, you know, mm -hmm. because you're starting out and you need to learn the basics. And I learned that the hard way, just like I honestly do with music sometimes where one has to go back and learn the principles of light, you know, light, middle, dark, <laughs> tone perspective the, the the things you don't want to do but unfortunately you have to to get good at something and to learn it from the ground up i you wanted to really get a computer to do that well yeah and at the time you know the computer was just the it was the it was the paintbrush it was the paint yeah. it was just digital it was you yeah. still had to figure it out yeah this if i had this then i would be a terrible artist mm -hmm. because i would just rely on this to do what I wanted and it wouldn't be teaching me the actual things I needed to know to determine whether or not this was going to be good and mm -hmm. whether or not and, and honestly to get creative drive out of it because I think out of that process of making something of really working at it and changing mm -hmm. and, and reforming whether it's your sculpture or your video or your painting you find the artwork in it you know working with that material working with your concept I think the AI stuff when we're looking at it from that perspective, it, it 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 makes it easier, but not in a good way. In a way that's just it promotes a lazy idea of how to be creative. It's like if I, you know, was having a music program generate a sequence for me and I just left it. 
and that was that. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is music now. It's like, not really. I mean, yeah, it's music, of course, but it's not that good. You know, it's not, what What did you do to it? You didn't do much. You just let logic determine whether or not you were going to use that drum beat or if you're going to have that guitar riff, you know? You need right. to change it up. Otherwise, we've heard it all before. So I think, yeah. to me, that's what this promotes. And honestly, mm-hmm. like, I have a lot more positive things to say about working i mean i also have done this but working digitally even and i tell that to my drawing students too it's like working digitally it's just the digital becomes the medium it has its own consequences when it comes to concept but to get the drawing done to get the spot illustration done yeah for sure it works well and it's handled well but in this case it's just honestly it promotes that kind of capitalistic mindset of well we'll just make it better and cheaper but in reality it's just worse and you know, they don't mm-hmm. have to pay people now. So I think yeah. it's honestly my fear of it is is promoting that idea of art that you plug in words and that makes it become what you're looking to do. And honestly, I'm not the only one because one of the 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 uh, paintings we have here actually, and we have it here as a controversial work uh, because mm-hmm. this has recently been under under fire, especially on Twitter. But this is called the and pardon my French because I'm not very good at it, but the Théâtre d'Opera Spatial, which is probably wrong because I'm putting too much emphasis on vowels, but it's it's French for the Space Opera Theater, which already is uh-huh. like, okay. And notice how this kind of looks like it's art from Dune, like the new way they've been making mm. the books, but somehow it's worse. Um, and, you know, it's <laughs> there's fine. No, you... There's no there's no man's face in the maw of a sandworm? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's got that sort of like I don't know if you see the new Dune cover for like the really big book, you know, uh, the um, the hardback they did for the first book, and it's it's beautiful work. But this is like uh-huh. it feels like that, but it's not. And so this was entered um, into a into a contest by the game designer Jason M. Allen, who uh, put this under the Emerging Artist Division in the category of digital arts and digitally manipulated photography at the Colorado mm-hmm. State Fair for Fine Arts contest. And it, and it actually ended up winning first prize with a reward of $300. And mm. this was actually made through the AI program known as Midjourney, which I think you need a beta to get into, but I'm not entirely sure. So... I, what ended up happening though is why this made news and people were kind of freaking out over it is that a lot of people got mad who entered this contest. You know, even though right. it wasn't a huge amount, artists, illustrators, digital artists who've been doing this for a while, you know, working and manipulating their material weren't exactly happy because this person just plugged in their words to get this image and called it a yeah. day with doing yeah. and 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 um he also defended this by saying that it wasn't just the button mashing to find the words but you know he had to find the right images then touch up the work in photoshop to achieve the color, color harmonies and uh compositional yeah. corrections things like that so it wasn't exactly what it got um and like you were mm-hmm. talking about that's exactly how we end up finding this image it, or these images is by figuring out the right text and then the ai goes and pulls it from the web and compiles it so but one of the problems here though is that on the one hand it does enter this sort of conversation about collage and sampling and like almost in the vein of like sherry levine or richard prince you know like Mm -hmm. questioning well who owns the image but rather than being that both that obvious and interesting it Mm -hmm. feels more like stealing Almost mm-hmm. in the sense of it's not addressing the fact that it is actually stealing like those works do, but rather it's you, it is pulling the images from the web to compile an image. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. And I, and I mean this without condescension. And I mean, this is just like 
to explain it, because I don't want it to come off that way, that the AI is not making the painting. The AI is creating what you believe or what it thinks this has to be like. It's just right. sampling images like they're cutting them out of a magazine and pasting it together. And when you pull away, it looks like something else. It's yeah, not I sitting there with a paintbrush and actually rendering mm -hmm. it for you, you know? Yeah, I guess it, you could compare it to the way that there is, especially now, a particular formula to movie posters that... Oh, God, the Marvel ones. Yeah, yeah that they all kind of... They all look the same, and especially yeah. um, since the, I think, 20-teens, there's been uh, a lot of movie posters that are blue and orange. Uh, huh. That just seems to be most of them. Yeah. Um, especially, especially action movies, especially Disney Marvel stuff. Um, now if I, if I can play devil's advocate here sure. and sort of argue against, I think how, how we both feel, which is that there is some element of humanity lost here. Mm -hmm. I, there, there's two things that come to mind. One is yeah. pop art. Yes. Um, that, so we've been dealing with this idea for over half a century you know the the originality of an image uh is not as maybe important as what an artist can do to recontextualize it you know for sure for sure of all of andy warhol's most famous work um then uh you could say well a screen printer has to do a certain amount of work to to pull a, a print and has to make sure it, it reaches a certain level of quality you could say that but andy warhol along with artists for the last mm, 500 years um they are notoriously idea guys yeah um, they have assistance you know, yeah, they're not in the studio doing all their own work. The, all the most famous architects from ancient Mesopotamia to now, uh, they're not out there building their own buildings, typically. <laughs> no. Uh, they come up with a design and find the people that have the talent to execute it and then go into production. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's how architecture has pretty much always been done. Uh, that is how uh, art post-Renaissance really has been done, you know, um, especially artists right. that worked in a big studio. Because, you know, if you look at people that didn't have a big studio, it's like Vermeer. And, you know, the guy finished, like, what, 25 paintings in his life? Yeah, well, I feel like it's also a very... It, it is kind of that, like protestant puritan mindset but also it's it's very american to think mm -hmm. that you are this powerhouse and the artist is the singular you know because yeah. even in europe now like a lot of people have assistants oliver eliason has a lot of assistants he mm -hmm. incorporates them into the work but he is the brand yeah. and it's very clear right. and that's fine it's it's part of the work you know it is yeah it is what it is but it's, but but if if we think about film film is oh my god collaborative. yeah it has um, to be, yeah. And, and and we all recognize these things. It's why, you know, directors maybe get a a large share of the glory for the vision. And you could we could talk all day as to, you know, if that is uh overrated, underrated, who knows? But you know, directors of photography are also rock stars in the film world. Uh sound designers are uh at least yeah. more recently are 
getting more and more attention. We understand editors as, you know, some of the the really important people. We can uh, accommodate uh, the idea of multiple uh, craftsmen working together to accomplish a vision. Um, I think the the AI with the it, with the example that you brought up, I I can see the frustration of people that are looking at something like this that it sounds like the AI sort of came up with a basic composition um, that, yeah. you know, was, wasn't complete on its own, that wouldn't have uh, made it on its own, but was looking for the patterns of success before, you know, and it's, yes. it, you can kind of understand like, um, oh, this is the most efficient way to make an image that, uh evokes these particular things these are the things to look for it's like um, right right it's like the the formula to writing radio hits you know they yeah you're doing lots that, of research ahead of time and figuring yeah. out what, what sold what were it's market research basically yeah but isn't that also the thing that we are very uh hmm we are having some difficulty uh, uh, with now uh, concerning a lot of art is the feeling that everything is so heavily, uh, everything that we interact with has gone through so many levels of market research. It is designed for this particular yeah. audience to like it. And Sometimes there's some misgivings about that. Something that just feels like it was made to be popular. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is that is the music industry in def yeah. as of right now, the mainstream music industry. And honestly, the mainstream book industry, too. That is every mm -hmm. copy-paste fantasy YA novel. Sorry mm -hmm. for all you that like them. But yeah, it, it is. Yeah. But, and it, and, but I think it has that feeling it, they they mm -hmm. show if you're in tune with it as mm -hmm. pretentious as this is gonna sound if you're in tune to recognizing these things you mm -hmm. start to pick up the pattern and it's right. when because like even in movies like i'm just gonna roll back on the thing that i know more about in this case like you can feel the difference between a marvel movie and like it would be like putting in a uh like comparing Spider-Man to like Drive My Car by Yusuke Hamagachi, you know, this completely mm -hmm. different approach to filmmaking, quite literally very, very different. For those of you at home, you can mark your Joe mentioned Drive My Car. I love that movie. Post. I actually just watched his re another film of his yesterday, uh, mm -hmm. Asuka 1 and 2, which I- Do you I, also I, own it on Blu-ray? I do not i don't think it's mm. as good as drive my car i can see why people were calling this one a masterpiece but it is i can see where he gets the ideas from but it's but okay mm -hmm. but it's the same thing it's this it's this different it's this approach to filmmaking that's quieter right. it has its own intentions there the actors have their own intentions there there's a, there's a different goal in mind i feel like where mm -hmm. you're not making cinema for um like the blockbuster because i also watched top gun maverick this weekend which was also pretty good i know it's like an oh. air force commercial i know it is i'm sorry but it was pretty good like the sound editing one it's amazing and i didn't even see do, it in the do theater they, do they have a remix but, of danger zone no it's the same one oh, it plays okay. in the beginning and i was appreciative of it yeah <laughs> but it was like it, it, it worked 
as a movie, but is it the same? Is it would it be on the same kind of playing field as Asuka one and two? No, of course not. They're t- totally different films. But if you look at them and you f- you look at them in terms of like intuitively feeling it out, you can sense the difference. And yeah. it's not it's not in good and bad. It's in quality and it's in mm-hmm. attention and and uh, yeah. quality quality not in in the sense of one is better than the other and how it's made and produced and whatever because they're both beautifully yeah. shot and mixed very well and the soundtracks are both actually pretty good it's yeah. quality in the in terms of the way that it is right flowing do you know what i mean where it's like yeah you can you can pick up these differences and you can do this even with like i mean all kinds of films obviously like even even looking at cartoons like over the garden wall versus steven universe there's some crossover similarities but they're made for different audiences and they're mm-hmm. made differently, but they yeah. show a different feeling. So I guess this is my really long way of saying that I think when it comes back to when we look at things that are produced for an audience in mind with a market in, you know, in mind that need things need to be sold. You know, it's like why everybody has beef with Star Wars shows that it's like at the end of the day, they're trying to sell baby Yoda toys. That's what mm-hmm. makes the money, you know, and that yeah. you're trying to, you're making the product or you're making the film, the movie, the music, whatever, as the thing that will eventually allow you to sell merchandise. And that yeah. is the goal. And there's some other types of work. There's musicians, filmmakers, artists, who, creatives in general, who are making things to make things. And yeah. it's not necessarily that both are void of the creative field or in the good side and the bad side. It's that mm-hmm. they're just different parts of the field. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like conceptual architects versus architects right. who build apartment complexes, right? They're yeah. different, and I don't think that's a bad thing, you know. Now, now here's here's where because we we could I think get into a very yeah granular <laughs> argument as to what qualifies as art, like how much sure. human involvement you need uh, to have something qualify as art. You know, you can look at something like land art and say, well, the plants are doing the growing for you. Like, is this, is this art? And you know, the, the art world has, has agreed. Yes. And then I will also agree. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a valid art form. Um, but, uh, I guess the, the thing is in, in a, market-driven world in a profit-driven world um in a world where uh it's not so much what you make but who owns what that will that will pay return on investment you know yeah that's that is sort of the 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 postmodern world we find ourselves in Mm -hmm. uh the the issue that I foresee is where this enters uh, the the collecting world. Because look look at what's happening with NFTs. Or yeah. I, I think I think the fad is maybe fizzling out, but who knows? Maybe I don't know. All, I, maybe it'll yeah. just always be there. Um, but okay, <laughs> what starts as a way for digital artists to have some kind of um, uh, ownership of their own work? Yeah. To have some way to possibly uh, argue their own copyright immediately becomes a commodity to be uh, traded and to be speculated upon for its value. Right. Um, and now suddenly NFTs are completely tainted by like this finance bro mentality of art. And you can always hear the people that talk about 
you know, talk a big game about NFTs as an investment and they'll point to things historically that, oh, they didn't think that this was art back in the day, but then look at how well off those people did by uh, investing in it. Um, right. And, or, you know, people doubted this, but then look how valuable it turned out to be. Um, and that mentality driving art beyond does it resonate with you? Does this mean something to you? Is this something you want to have in your home? It's so far removed from that at this point because it's not even art you can actually have um, or in, in the physical right. world. And this is not to say that digital art, ephemeral art isn't real because those are also meaningful things, but those are typically art forms that are deliberately uh, critiquing our, our, our consumer mentality. Um, so the, the, the thing that I foresee being annoyed at <laughs> my, <laughs> see, I, I'm, I, my, my, I, I have like, uh, uh, I, I have clairvoyant annoyance. Yeah, uh, that's is, fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got to get the merch made up of that. That's fantastic. No, that is hilarious. I, I am, think that is a bumper sticker. I am, I am already annoyed by things that don't exist. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, this is the type of an petty person I am. Oh my God. Um, I am, already uh resenting the speculative art market that will, oh yeah that will follow this and oh, yeah, it sure. seems it's because i i value art however you want to take that there are there is a a value that i see there as someone yeah. that appreciates history and craftsmanship and and all of that stuff um and a lot of other people feel that way. Mm -hmm. But there is this whole other side to the art market that is further driven by it, it all not just the prestige of owning a valuable piece of art. Like that that almost doesn't seem to be quite this type of thing. This this whole idea that everything is a, is a commodity to be traded on the stock market. Um that you own a share of art, um, mm, that you're that you uh, receive some prestige, not not just prestige from uh, financing the art, donating to a museum, whatever you know, because uh, uh, so many of these you know museums too are just you know ways oh, for yeah. Oh, yeah. for rich people to to have a uh, a, a a charitable organization. So they yeah, it's a tax, tax cut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, and I'm 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 trying. I'm just saying that because I uh -huh. I understand there's there's so much stuff that goes into the the fine art world that I'm I'm not necessarily signing off on, but this just seems to be in a lot of ways like this more stripped down thing and and suddenly you remove all of the the pageantry and wonder and expression of the art because we still show up to these events that have you know god knows who is benefactors but god the art gets you in there because <laughs> yeah. there's real artists and yeah. when you strip that away in the ai created art world in the in the bored ape uh industrial oh complex god. Oh, that's um, where it is something is just generated it is perceived to have value and it's tulipomania but it's also worse for the environment like 
Yeah. The it, do, do you kind of see what I'm? Oh what yeah. I'm, no. What I'm I'm getting at there's are there's going to be a gross financial thing wrapped up in this. Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe the best case scenario, like crazy investment speculative art market moves in that direction and leaves the rest of us alone. Um, or, uh, or this further kind of devalues what artists do. Cause like, if you're out there making handmade shoes, you're not really a, com- you don't consider Nike a competitor. No, they're doing, they're doing different things and they serve different markets. Right. It's like I was saying with the films, it's that same yeah. kind of idea. It's it, it they don't have to right. be opposing each other, but right. if you're an, illustrator and a company who would have hired you is now saying well we can pay less for a robot that does yes kind of what we're looking for because we don't know how to value art it's fine it's it's what happened with photography back in time when mm. they replaced the oil paintings and gouache paintings of illustrators for magazines and instead mm-hmm. said photography is the best way to have illustrations now because now someone can just take a photo and it's cheaper and we can print it easier right. and but, then but they he, stopped the, 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 there's there's also an issue i think of like because there, there's a lot to be said about accessibility too. Because yeah, for sure, for they're, sure, they're, they're, they're certainly gatekeepers in the art world, as there have always been, and and probably will always be. Right. Um, but um, I think there's also an element here of um, when when you put in the time to reach an idea, um, when you when you have done done the research to 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 find some way to express it in language and that language takes the form of your art whatever that medium is um there there is there is some kind of magic that happens there now when we have sort of an immediate accessibility to maybe just that final product and someone does not put the thought into interrogating the medium interrogating all of those words you end up with almost like mass produced thought. Um, Hmm. One thing I I was kind of thinking about the other day was um, like, like George Carlin. I mean, great comedian uh, by by all accounts, incredibly thoughtful person, you know, his, his, his standup and everything means so much to so many people. He was an influence on so many people. And he was someone that you knew thought so even with all of his, you know, hot takes, some of which I'm sure did not age well, but uh, his, he was, he was so honest and so real about how he felt about things. Now Mm -hmm. you have people that have the soundbite or have the quote, you know, of him and his hot take not doing the uh the 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 mental put not putting in the work to reach those things and just parroting things that he said 30 years ago right and just sort of like being like all right figured that one out um there that uh you did not arrive at your contrarian view you got it from a poster uh yeah and and so so even that that point of view that you might feel is contrarian and you're you're sticking it to people it's like it was it was on a t-shirt 
Um, yeah, you just it's fast tracking that idea. It's literally just like getting it to you quicker. And it's like Inception, but not really and not as smart. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you, you've incepted this idea and not giving any sort of critical thinking to it whatsoever. It's like, no, nope, this will be the thing mm-hmm. I believe now. And you can apply that to a lot of ways that people think in you know the world today it's pretty insane but i I, sorry not and also not to interrupt your point but i i do agree i think with what you're saying that this would allow for that to kind of Mm -hmm. happen more you know yeah yeah and i guess i guess we also have to think about you know who is this work for if we're going to look at it as art who is consuming it you know we'll i guess we'll see yeah. Um, you know, because right now it just seems like people on the internet are having fun with it, and that's totally valid. But like, what will yeah. it? What w- will what will the people who it has lasting impact for? You know, what will what will their yeah. um, what will they take away from it? Um, I, yeah. Well, because like one of the things I keep seeing it compared to, and without dragging this even further into a rabbit hole, but it was like mm-hmm. I think even the article I quoted was like, or got that research from was. Compare it, it was calling this 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 person's work their AI art was the banana tape to the gallery wall of digital work. Mm. And when anyone ever brings that work up, as much as Maurizio Catalan is a personality and people love to mm-hmm. not understand it or pretend to understand it and be annoying. Right. It has a history. There is right. a context behind that work. There's a context behind his work. Whether or not you like it is a different story, but that type of art has mm-hmm. a lineage right and there is this is my one fear about where ai art will take us is that there's going to be more of an uprise or like this upstart to traditionalism you know like how art is art is oil sorry zam but it's like art is oil <laughs> paintings of you know classical images and specifically Damn this right. thing and it's like it's only this i can only feel something if i look at the polar express and that's the only type of art that will be valid <laughs> you know and it's like because because if you think about it it's like then by that definition, like Kincaid becomes more valid than some of these AI paintings because he put in some time. But personally, I don't think they 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 kind of fall into some a similar camp. It's like that'll make me feel a certain way. For some people, yeah. of course, there might be a nostalgia at play, and that's an incredibly different conversation to be had about his work with that. But mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that that's what I'm also a little bit of afraid of. Is there's more of yeah. a misunderstanding about conceptual artwork and that entire right. history and where we're at now with that? But it's it's it seems to be just almost begging people to have even more disdain for conceptual art. Too. Yeah, exa- exactly. I, just, I could I could see it going that way as it well. It already it already is because then it's like yeah. if you hear people defend it, well, I'm using the AI as like a conceptual piece and exploring like mm-hmm. machine learning or whatever, then people argue against that well that's not real art you know and it's like mm-hmm. but that's not the point it's not the point of the argument here it's like that's it's it's that's where it gets confusing and i do think that this is this seems like a simple straightforward approach to mm-hmm. it should be yes or no but you know i think the both of us don't really like to just mm-hmm. declare things that easily when it comes to especially the yeah. creative field and i feel like that this actually will require more, more so than well, actually no. In the same kind of vein of NFTs, because I think they started off as something good and was working, because there were clearly artists who were making NFTs before this became a fad, and then it got bad really, really fast and went mm-hmm. into an entirely different direction. And then money got involved, even more yeah. big, big money got involved, you know. And I mm-hmm. think with this type of art 
making. I don't know it. I think some galleries will for sure show this type of work. Absolutely. Like just people who are in it to make money. I think artists who are in it to make art, to make, Mm -hmm. to capture that feeling, to capture that other thing that comes with being creative, I think you're going to ignore it. (laughs) Yes, they do. I hope to not see this at a Biennale, but I think you might see it at Miami Basel. You know, I think that's where this line might be drawn, but that's just my, I I just, I have that feeling that like, this is, this is art that exists to serve that. market potentially yeah i I definitely think it's for a specific i I think a specific market for sure is going to jump on this and they're going to make it more of a big deal than it is and i think part of you know and part of the reason why we have this exhibition up here and for us to look through it both with you know some rembrandts mixed in with some of these ai generated you know inspired works from rembrandt's collections and also some of the french impressionists and even some current contemporary stuff i think that it, it, it is to really hammer home that idea of measuring out the feeling and to sit with mm-hmm. this type of work away from the idea of time, how much mm-hmm. time requires an artwork to be made, how much uh, dedication to like the material and the practice. I think separating that and looking at it just based in feeling and concept and if right. it's doing what it's setting out to do. I think looking at, at this type of work that way and really interrogating mm-hmm. it um, right. would be best and I mean it honestly brings me back to some advice we both got in mm-hmm. the in the grad program in Italy where we went to the Biennale and some of the work mm-hmm. there was questionable but our mm-hmm. professors made it very clear that it's there for a reason Yeah, you know so if you find you don't like something interrogate why right. internally interrogate why you don't like it what's causing you to feel that way and I yeah. think at the moment, that's a good message to be leaving off with with AIR, where, mm-hmm. you know, really interrogate deep down why you might not like it. There's probably mm-hmm. going to be an answer, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that, and because and, and in many cases there isn't, but I think in this case there is a clear answer, or not a clear answer, but there is an answer. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we'll have to just watch and see what happens with this, but I'm a little nervous, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what, yeah, it, it's hard to say just yet, like what kind of impact it w- it would have uh, on us and and what we do in particular. But yeah, no, I mean, there's stuff that's won me over. I think when I realized that um, you could have uh, organic, natural elements uh, included, I liked brutalism a lot better. Mm, uh, yes, you know, and and minimalist modern architecture just looks infinitely better when there is a nature component but so often you encounter them in really sterile spaces i'm like oh that's why i hate it because it reminds me of a cheaply made urban renewal uh (laughs) dentist office you know uh whereas there there are some buildings that i've i've in uh, modernist architecture and and even cool mid-century stuff that I'm like, oh, that's this feels really actually much warmer and more welcoming than yeah. you, you would expect out of this thing that feels mass produced and 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 made on a grid. So, yeah. so made so rigidly to a to a grid, you can appreciate something in in a new form and i i want to be open to the possibility that it could make me feel something it could make me look at something differently uh for for right now all i can think about is the uh the ai generated 
uh, script for diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> uh, oh my we, god! That we read with a friend of the show, David. At one yes, point. It's um, fantastic. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that sort of is that, that that's a, that's about my my thoughts yeah. on it. And I I think I think you've got a you know good point as well. I, mm-hmm. but I I always want to think about things that that will surprise me. Yeah. Uh, and and then I can go, huh, and then turn around and keep oil painting. Exactly. <laughs> Adding to the list of things that make you go, huh. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good way to put it. Well, uh, good good discussion. Good topic. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think it's time for Uncanny Corrections. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So uh, this isn't so much a correction as something I wanted to add on to last week's discussion. Uh-huh. Uh, on Tasmanian tigers. Uh, one thing I was thinking about was, and I, I, I would love someone to reach out to me about this because I, I don't, I don't personally have the answer. But if there's been research on this or documentation, but Tasmanian devils, when they're born, there are like multiple, uh, because they're marsupials, they're basically born as embryos, and then they have to crawl from the mother's birth canal into the pouch. This is how mm. kangaroos, this is this is how marsupials are born. Like they they're not born and then bup you're in the pouch. You got to crawl. You got to be oh. born. You're you're barely developed and then you have to crawl into the pouch. Oh my god. So, I'm wondering how that is being factored into how um uh the Tasmanian tiger will be uh how how on earth the dinart will act as a surrogate for that if right. we're accounting for these things also tasmanian devils do this but of course they do it to the extreme tasmanian devil uh uh joeys when they're first born fight each other to get <laughs> into the pouch oh my god so imagine basically being a worm with arms that's all you have you're born and you have to immediately fight your uh fight your siblings to get into your mother's pouch so that you can be the one that fully develops into a uh, a a new Tasmanian devil. It sounds like a Scandinavian folktale. Kind of. <laughs> right? Oh my god, yeah. that's hardcore. Yeah, so Jeez. I am I I was I forgot to bring that up last week when talking about the difficulties of our efforts to clone right. a Tasmanian tiger. Right, this is just adding to that list. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Learned more things today. Yes. Oh. Uh, okay, now it is time for our new favorite segment, Stick mm. It or Ticket. <laughs> oh man, what do you got for us this time, Zan? Because last, okay. last, last time's was pretty intense. Well, we'll never forget last time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now, I saw this. I believe I saw this on the road driving back from your birthday party. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, on the drive back to New York. Um, there was uh, someone driving a sedan with a sticker that says, uh, I break for goth girls. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow <laughs> just out in the open about it interesting yeah it wasn't even like i mean i guess it could be 
goths don't necessarily have like uh especially suburban goths you right know, you don't have the uh um a signature car you know right you, right. you drive whatever takes you uh from <laughs> here to there sure um but I was trying so hard to get a look at who was driving this car. <laughs> uh, fact- and I, I just could not get a good look. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Mm. That's pretty funny. Uh, the mm. one that I have, I don't remember what kind of car it was. I'm going to be honest. I think it might have been an SUV. Uh, but mm. it's it had in this, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Basically, it was text that said drip and scoop in, like, a very kind of, bubble as almost like a curvy font that was more like loosely made but you can clearly uh it was mm. it was like in a sans serif so you could just read the words <laughs> drip and scoop there was no other context it was those words is it an ice cream shop no is it something to do with something else i don't know because it was just these words and i'm confused and it haunts me is it your drip, your clothes are so uh-huh. good that if you can scoop, scoop anyone you want? I don't know. I'll never know. I that, guess if anybody was, knows, let us know. That was a thinker. That was right. A thinker. It's like it, 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 I didn't really know how to feel after. I just kind of thought about it on the way home. Mm. I was leaving work too from this, and I was just kind of sitting in traffic, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "Oh God, what the heck is this?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. still gonna be thinking about that now. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the day uh, before my birthday, I believe, too. So right around wow. the same time. Right. All right. Well, you know, you want to encounter something every yeah. year as you get older to really uh, challenge yourself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a wonderful uh, tour of the UCM. Thank you to Joe for oh. your research and no uh, starting a, uh, what is hopefully an interesting conversation. Um, if you have been enjoying the Uncanny County Museum, consider uh, checking out our Patreon. We mm-hmm. have all sorts of levels uh, with all sorts of great rewards there uh, that you could be enjoying. If you uh, have enjoyed uh, the UCM and want to uh, help us continue doing it. I mean, we'll continue doing it anyways. Uh, We'll always keep it free for everyone. Uh, But yes, uh, our Patreon uh, is available to go and check out the uncanny County museum. Um, Let's see. Uh, what have you got going on outside of the museum, Joe? Um, not too much at the moment. I believe uh, the exhibition that I'm still part of, Teleport Presents Movement, is still up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at Real Tinsel. And actually, there's an artist talk there that I'm not technically a part of, but there's some other people that'll be there who represent the uh, collective speaking at the gallery so if you're in that area you should go check it out it's gonna be real cool and then there's Mm -hmm. a closing reception on the 21st of october and that talk is the 15th of october um in the process of making some new work some new music it's mostly just been working on applications for things but uh you can check out my album biomes available on pretty much every streaming service and Bandcamp as well and uh yeah that's pretty much all i have to plug how about you zan what do you got going on cool stuff um thank you thank you Hmm. Well, uh, I should be getting some uh, dates soon for the uh, Joseph C. Campbell School. I'll be teaching uh, there next year in August. Uh, I'll be teaching a workshop on oil paint, so be on the lookout for that. 
Um, there will be uh, limited uh, spots available in that class, so you'll definitely want to jump on those. Um, uh, I am also currently uh, in uh, show Fire and Ice with the Hyde Park Arts Collective uh, in Hyde Park, New York, and Hudson Valley. And uh, I'm really excited nice. to be a part of the collective and also <laughs> grateful to be in this new show. Uh, so go by there. If you're in the area, I'll have a selection of my works up along with a lot of other really great artists. Uh, it's a really cool, uh, organization. So, uh, definitely go check them out, go support them. Uh, and then otherwise just, uh, my usual art is up on my website, zanpeters.com. Uh, and again, thank you for, uh, joining us here today. If you'd yeah. like to, uh, Follow Museum After Hours. We are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. If you want to find me, I'm at Xanasaurus on Instagram. And I'm Josemino Art on Instagram. And also, if you could give us a review on Spotify oh, yes. and Apple Podcasts, that would be incredibly helpful and amazing of you, especially mm -hmm. if you've been appreciating the recent episodes. And also, oh, if you yes. have any questions or anything to tell us, specifically answering also what Zan has asked out to the yes. ether, uh, please email us at uncannycountymuseum at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram. We will most likely be able to see it. So yes. please, please reach out with any questions, any, uh, you know, comments about certain things that we might, or corrections we might have that yeah. we need to adjust. You know, we really appreciate that. And also we'll take time to answer some of those questions on air as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we're, we're, we're definitely hoping to make this a more interactive experience for yeah. everyone, especially since uh, we are putting, uh, you know, uh, uh, some more effort into these shows and getting them up to a nice level of quality for everyone out there to enjoy. But yes, please leave us a rating and review. Send us a message. Uh, there are lots of free ways to uh, support the museum if you are not in a position to help yes. us out on the Patreon. Yes, tell your um, friends and family. Yes. If you if you have family members again who you need to you know explain mm -hmm. something to, just. Send them the podcast to listen to, or just start yeah. Be playing like, it. I don't, I don't have the time to explain yeah. the the lore of old three toes. Yeah, let's you know, let these to, two to guys my, do it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it'll save you time. It makes it easier for them. It's fine, you know. Do that. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yes. From the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters, and I'm in Josemino. Automated, created, goodbye, sign off. Bye.